Scott. Please turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 10 through 15. We are primarily going to focus on verses 13 and 14. There are three words of action that I would like for us to focus on tonight. And it has to do with forgetting. It has to do with reaching. And it has to do with pressing. Philippians 3, starting in verse 10, Paul writes to the church at Philippi. And he says to them, "...that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Every new year, I think about these verses, especially verses 13 and 14. I'm tempted to preach on them every year at the new year. I, I believe I may have done it in another kind of message one other time, and, and so I've resisted to holding that to just the second time out of, out of all the temptations I've had to go here. Well, it's time for New Year's resolutions. I'm sure that some of you have made some. And, well, it, it's past time, actually, if we're going to do it right, huh? We, we ought to have them figured out by yesterday, and they should have started about midnight, I guess, you know, if, if we're going to do things right. Hey, a lot of people have made New Year's resolutions, and, and I tell you what, some people have done pretty good with them. Um, you know, there, there are people who have a, make a New Year's resolution that they are going to attack their financial debt. And, and they might get an extra job. They might uh, get a new way of budgeting their finances. Or they might do both. There are those who have made New Year's resolutions to learn a language. Nothing wrong with that. Some people have made resolutions to quit smoking. There are those who have simply made resolutions to help others. There are those who have, who have made their determination that they want their resolution to be to, to quit drinking alcohol. It might be to eat healthier. It might be to exercise more. Uh, a New Year's resolution to spend more time with family you know, that's a really good resolution. And, and people do that, and the list goes on and on. 
But, but every new year that I talk about this, there's also something else I like to say, and that is there is no more power in January 1 than there is in, the, in any other of the 365 days of the year. Now, now it's a good marker. I mean, use January 1 if you want. It's a good marker. If you want to look back at how long you have uh, had this change come about in your life that, that you've wanted, that, that God will bless, you know, go ahead and use the day. But just know that there's no great power in New Year's resolutions on New Year's Day compared to any other day of the year. You know, and in thinking about that before we move on and get into the message... What would it be that would cause us to want to rid something from our lives or, or gain something from our lives? What, what is it that we will think of that, that will lead us to want to do that? Well, how about our past? We look into our past, maybe most recent past, but we look and, and, and we just reflect and say, yeah, you know, I, I believe I'd like to have that gone from my life. Or, or, yeah, you know what, I need to incorporate this. This needs to be something that's part of my life now. And, and so we might reflect on the past for that. Or we might look to the future and we might just try to picture these improvements and adjustments and changes in our lives. And, and we think, yeah, that would be good. And, and I want to do this. And, I, and so I'd like to commit to this and, and ask the Lord to bless this. And what it takes, though, it definitely takes the Lord's blessing. But it definitely takes some effort on our part that we would ask, ask the Lord to bless it, and that's what would need to go on in the very present. We might look to the past and reflect on that. We might see how it would look in the future, but it takes the very present for us to put some effort into that. I say all that just to say this, that Paul was writing to the church at Philippi, and he told them what he had done in the past. He talked to them about what he planned to do in the future and what he was presently doing. And he told them these things because he wanted to be a help to the church. He wanted them to learn from his past experiences. He wanted to challenge them to plan for the future and he wanted them to follow the example of his leadership in the present. And in verses 13 and 14, he, he brings three things all together in one goal by, by those action words I gave you in the beginning. By forgetting, by reaching, and by pressing. Life has a three-part goal. And we're going to look at them in the order that the Holy Spirit gave them to Paul to give to Philippi, which is also giving them to us. And so we're going to look at the past, and then we're going to look at the future, and then we're going to look at the present. So in this three-part goal, let's look at verse 13 at this forgetting of the past. Forgetting the past. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. 
I want to point out two things here in this point in getting started. Two things for us to understand. And the first one is, the Apostle Paul says, I count not myself to have apprehended. Someone someone asked a really wise Christian one day, a young Christian said, when do we get to that place where we're there, Brother John? His name was John. When do we get to that place where, where we just know we've arrived and we are there in the Christian life? And this man, John Cyrus, said, when you get to heaven. And what a perfect answer that was. Consider the Apostle Paul, the greatest servant. That I'm, I'm, none of us would argue on him being the greatest servant we've ever known. We've never known anyone in this life that was a greater servant than the Apostle Paul. And he says that he has not arrived as he is writing to this church. We will never graduate to the final stage of Christ's likeness while we are on this earth. Let us understand that that's interjected in the beginning of this, but also something else. Let us not misunderstand when Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. This does not mean that the past is not remembered. A study of the brain tells us that the brain does not forget anything. So when someone says, I'm just going to forgive and forget, in the strictest sense of of that definition and what that is saying and what that means, that is impossible. There is no forgetting. Nothing completely leaves the mind. You know, in God's Word, there's a lot of encouragement to remembrance. You know, there's a lot of things for us to remember for our good. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 3, Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which ye came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. And then in Numbers chapter 15 and verse 38, I'm going to go over here and, and read this to you. It says, Speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all of the commandments of the Lord, and do them. And ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye used to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt, to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy chapter 9 And verse 7, Remember and forget not how thou provokest the Lord thy God to wrath in the wilderness 
from the day that thou didst depart out of the land of Egypt until you came unto this place. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord. Remember your deliverance out of Egypt. Remember your rebellion against the Lord in the wilderness. We're to remember the blessings and the burdens. We're, we're called to remember the miracles and the mistakes, the delights and the disappointments because, hey, all of these things that we have experienced, they are all working for us. God uses all things to work in our lives. We're to take a look at the past There's a lot of lessons that we're going to be able to learn from the past. It is going to be very useful and very profitable to have a remembrance of some things from the past. Take a look at the past, but we're not to live in the past though now, okay? We're not to live in the past. Living in the past is going to hinder us in the present, If we were to do that, you know, Jesus says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Glance back, make a remembrance as the Lord has told us to and obey him in that. But we're not to live in the past. We're not to live dwelling on the mistakes that we have made. We have all made some mistakes. Mistakes made are not things that we're to stay depressed over. Look, mistakes we have made, these things are learning tools. They are lessons teaching us something in life and they are for our good, they are for our benefit. When Kenley was about two or three years old, he was obsessed with the, the electrical cords that came off the clocks, the lamps, the whatever. And, and you know, and he was two or three, so he didn't have good coordination or, or knowing to how to grab that thing. So he would just grab it all sloppily, and he would stick that thing up to the wall. And I would catch him, and I would run over there and pull his hand away and hold that cord and tell him, no, this will hurt you. Don't do this. And, and, and Shelly and I did that over and over. Well, one day, he had a hold of that cord, and he had his finger around on that prong in some way, and when he went to plug it in, All of a sudden, the water work started, and I heard that boy crying. And guess what? He he never messed with that cord again. He, he, He wasn't so excited about that electrical outlet in the wall, those four slits that that are in the wall, and the thing that goes. He wasn't excited about it anymore. And I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say when he got a little older. And knew how to do it. He'd say, Dad, can, can you plug that in for me? I mean, he, he stayed away from it pretty good. Look, the things of our past, whether you call them negative, whether you call them hurts, whether you call them mistakes that we have made, they help us to see the changes that we need to make. You know, 
It's the, not just with mistakes, but successes. We, we need to be careful not to be going down memory lane of all the ways the Lord has used us to do some amazing things, you know, for His glory. Because if we're always doing that, we may be hindered from having some new successes. All right? Because God has something else for us to do now. So, so no matter where it is on, on each side of the spectrum here, we need, we need to be careful that we're not hindered by these things. We can glance at them, though, because they teach us. We can glance at those successes because they teach us what we're to continue to do. Have you ever had something really great going on in your spiritual life daily? I mean, God has you on a roll. You are on fire. And then all of the sudden, we find ourselves not as active in something we were doing that's so good that God has made us good at and used us for. We need to make sure we continue to do those things from the past that are good, a remembrance of, of all of our past. It, it develops patience in us. It gives us strength. It encourages us. It leads us in a different direction when we need it. These are lessons in our past to recall, the good ones and the bad ones, because all of these things will make us better servants of God. Here in this same book, the Apostle Paul says, chapter 1, verse 12, he says, The things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Do I, do I need to remind us here tonight that, that Paul's writing from prison? He's writing from jail here. And, and he's saying the things that have fallen out unto me have, have been rather under the furtherance of the gospel. The gospel was being shared behind bars. People who heard about Paul's persecution for sharing the gospel and getting put in jail, they got kind of quiet. And they quit talking about the Lord Jesus so much. But then when they heard that Paul was sharing the gospel, but behind those walls... It made them to wax bold, and they started sharing the gospel too. We look at something that Paul was innocent in, that he had happened to him. You know, we look at something that, that came upon him that, that we would see as negative. We would see it as something bad. But Paul says that the things that have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. He took a glance, and he put all the pieces together... And he says, wow, this is good. What's happening in the present is good. And he glanced back and, and he saw that. The victories and failures of this past year, God, do, God doesn't have a plan for those things to hinder us. God does not want us to be hindered by anything in our past. That's what it means, by the way. What does he say here? forgetting those things which are behind. 
It has nothing to do with forgetting them. It has to do with anything and everything that has happened. God wants nothing to hinder you and I from moving forward and serving the Lord. Don't be hindered by anything in your past. That's how we're to be forgetting the past. None of these things hold me back. They, but they're... But when we think about it a while, they're actually going to be a help. But we not only see forgetting the past, but reaching for the future. Pick up with me in verse 13. And reaching forth unto those things which are before. The blessed inner attitude that the Christian can have of outstretching arms, reaching forth, anxious for the Lord's will to take place in our lives. Thanking Him for whatever is coming. Reaching for the future. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. What's ahead of us? Well, we don't know. I mean, the future is unknown by us. It's a mystery. We don't know what 2023 holds. Look, we may live or or we may die. We may succeed or we may fail. We're probably going to do a little bit of both. We're going to be happy and we're going to be sad. I hope we'll be more happy than we are sad. We may be more sad than we are happy, depending on how things go. We're to rejoice in the Lord through it all. But, but we just don't know what's coming. I, I would like to say and hope that we are, that we are happy in, in the right way, like we talked about it this morning. I'd like to say that we're that kind of happy all year. And I thank God for His Word that gave us some instruction this morning on how to be happy. You know, some will serve God this year. Some will serve the devil. Some of the unsaved will remain lost. But praise the Lord, by the way things go, there are going to be some lost who are going to be saved. Because Jesus is mighty to save. I I hope that we can be in on, on some of that and see that here at Lakeway. You know, as a country, we're going to go one way or another politically and economically. As a church, I hope we share the gospel more and and not less. I'm thankful to know that we have a part in that. That God will use us and our willingness and, and bless us. May we be able to provide support to more missionaries this year and be a support of the gospel being shared throughout the world even more than we have. I pray there are missionaries that we're able to support this year. Let this be our plan and ask God to empower it. We don't know the future and God has a plan for our future, but that that doesn't mean that we're not to plan. We should see the future as a blank page, a new beginning, clean slate, a brand new season that we are getting into. And there are things we need to plan to continue. 
that are very good. There, there may be some changes that we need to make. But it's important to plan to an extent, but, but nevertheless, to that extent, it's important to plan. It's a joke to plan without God. It's, it's needless and, and silly to plan something without, without the final outcome being the glory of God in it. We're wasting our time if we're not planning according to God's will. But nevertheless, we are to plan. I mean, Acts 15, 18 tells me that God plans. It says, Known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world. God planned all that He performed. Paul made plans. I'm not going to read all of Romans chapter 15 to you, but primarily in verses 22 through, 30, through 33, Paul reveals that he made some plans. Those he was writing to in, in this book of Romans, he had plans to go see them. His plans didn't go through at one point, and he was hindered. But he had a journey planned out. He was going to take... He was going to take an offering to the poor saints in Jerusalem. He had a trip to Spain planned. And in the midst of all that, as he's writing to them, he says, I I have my plan that I am going to come to see you. Please pray. Please pray that this plan will go through. Please pray that I can come to be with you. He had planned a joyfulness in meeting together with them and being with them. He had planned that they would all be able to rejoice together. Paul made plans. Jesus leads us in a way that incorporates some planning. In Matthew chapter 6... He leads all of God's children to action that prepares us all for something in the future. And so in Matthew 6 and verse 19, Jesus says, He's telling us to have an aim. He's telling us to be prepared to do something. He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moss and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We better be planning what we're going to pursue. And and the Lord Jesus has given us something to pursue here by way of the things that we do so that, that we lay ourselves up treasures in heaven. That our, folk, that our plan would not be for our treasures upon the earth. But, you know, we need to plan our living. We need to plan our daily lives. We need to plan our survival. We need to plan the thriving. God has blessed us and we're able to do this and do that. But none of that is near as important concerning th- these things on earth than what God would line us out to plan to do to have treasures in heaven for forever. Failure to plan can be futile. In Proverbs it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now we can't, we can't plan every single detail of our future and see it through. We're not a dictator of it. We don't have control of it, anything like that. And we can't expect all of our plans to carry out the way that that we would prepare them. 
We don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And we're expected to make plans according to God's will for the future. Ezekiel 38.7 says, Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. The well-known promise for Israel and for us we find in, in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Listen to the Lord's plans for you and I. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. I've never had anything laid out before me better as a commentary on that verse than what Granddaddy did. His simple statement, God has the very best planned for your life. And so all of these things, we, 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 we have remembrance of the things in the past, actually. They just don't hinder, nothing hinder is to hinder us, but there's remembrance there. There is a consideration of the future. And oh my, the precious promises we have in the future coming to us. All of these things are to cause something in the third part of this life goal. And that is pressing on in the present. Look, it's a win, it's a win, 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 win. We look back to the past and we learn from our mistakes. We look back to the past that the way God is blessed, what God has done, and God will do it again. We look to the future as to, as to what God is going to do. He would have us to make some planning and us trust Him to bless. We consider all the promises that we have for all eternity and our assurance as children of God. I mean, it's a win, 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 win. And when we look on each side of this, then it does something amazing in the present. In, in this morning, we heard in Jesus' name, we press on. Well, we press on in the present as a result of these things. Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, though we remember the past, we're not able to rewrite it. You know, so look there, but don't live there. Though we're to plan for the future, let us make no mistake, we're not to try to chisel that in stone. I mean, we can't do that. We're not to be hindered by the past. We're to consider the great hope in the future so that we can press on in the here and now. In the present is where this three-part goal is being carried out in our lives. Not, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today. We, we reflect on yesterday, we look to tomorrow, but it's today that we are pressing on. We have that word press and it speaks of a, a work for us to do. It speaks of a responsibility on our part that God will bless when we press on. It speaks of much effort that is required in it and it being God's purpose for us in Christ Jesus. 
I guess that's a summing up of the, of the Christmas play. What, what is our purpose in Christ Jesus? Well, it's something to, that is impossible to accomplish in our own effort, though our effort is required that God would empower it, that God would bless it. God's purpose for us in Christ is to become more and more like Christ while we are here. And one day, we're going to be made perfect. It's not going to happen on this earth. One day, we are finally going to be complete. We are going to be perfected. That's what God has planned for us. So how would it not make sense for us to be pressing toward that mark? We're not, go- we're not going to arrive on the earth perfected, but we're being perfected. We're being completed. That is His plan for us. And effort is required on our part. Think about our future that we have. And may that cause us to press on now. Just, just think about what's coming one day when we're made perfect. We are going to be incorruptible and eternal. I, was, I made a joke at winter camp because I, I know I'm not good at basketball, but, um, but, I, but I, like to, I like to play and uh, I run my mouth more than I run that ball down the court. And, uh, and you know, and, and there are some kids and, and I played basketball with their brothers 10 years ago and I'm still out there running it today. I said, you might as well call me immortal. I played with your brother. Now I'm playing with you. You know, man, there's no, no such a thing. That, that is a complete joke. There's no such a thing like that in this life. As a matter of fact, I have been really hurting, really hurting since then. Oh, I pay for it. But one day, one day, we're going to be incorruptible and eternal when we are made perfect. We are going to live in honor and glory. We are going to live in God's perfect presence and all of His power, in His perfect righteousness and His purity. We're going to be worshiping and serving the Lord eternally. And that is what is coming for us. We will be perfected in a perfect life that never ends. Perfection is the eternal life of Jesus Christ. Christ, and we're to be conformed to His perfection. That's the mark that we're pressing for. We're going to get there, no doubt about it, but it's coming in heaven. So we're pressing toward that mark now in Christ Jesus. And we're going to get there one day. Listen to the last verse of Philippians 3 here. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is even He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. That is our God. That is our God 
who has forgiven us in the past, teaches us lessons from the past, has us to remember His goodness and His power in the past, to have us look to the future, to have us making plans in Christ that the unsaved cannot make, and for Him to empower and to bless and to consider His promises for all eternity. And so may we press on in the present. You know... All of these things in the future, they're so much bigger and they're so much greater than even the great terrible things on this earth right now. Let us press on in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a race for us to rejoice in through the good and through the bad. When we see this and when we get our focus right... We're not going to sit around moaning and regretting the past. Children of God do not have to do that. God does not want His children doing that. And we don't have to do that. I spoke to a man some years ago, a man I love. But I can sum up just about every conversation we have. He regrets every house he ever sold. And he regrets every vehicle, he, getting rid of every vehicle he ever got rid of. I, I mean, he, he lists the cars, the year model, the body, the, 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 the brand, the model, all of that stuff, what year it was. He talks about the location of his house, the address, wish I hadn't have done this, wish I hadn't have done that. Bless his heart, he concentrates on the past. And there's not much moving forward. What good does that do us? I just found out that that a certain pair of tennis shoes, basketball shoes I had in junior high, the exact pair, I mean, not, not the ones that were on my feet, but the exact ones, I heard people are hunting those up. We're talking mid-80s, early 80s, and people are wanting to pay $40,000 for a pair of those shoes. And I had a pair. I'm going to go to my mom's and look through pictures and and show everybody those shoes. Actually, I hope I don't because that's against my point. Because what I really did was I had my moment with that for about 45 seconds. Oh, why did I wear those things out and throw them away? Why didn't I buy them and leave them in the box? And, there, and be new. And somebody would get, look what I could do with that. What good is that going to do me? To stop and, and to think about that and live in the regret of not keeping those, those tennis shoes and thinking about what I could do with that money. The things of the future is to be our focus. And that is going to change things in the present. Glance back, not at those tennis shoes, not at those things that uh, moth and rust doth grow up. Glance back at the things God has done and even the lessons He's taught us through mistakes. And make the future our focus. And let us keep pressing on in the present in Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes I close with a word of rhyme, sometimes with a story. Tonight, I just want to close with some various scripture. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. 
And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And then First Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have an interest in all three tenses of life, the past, the future, and the present. Remember that the past and the future, it's not a hindrance to us. It's a help to us in the present, to press on in the present. Right here, right now is where the rubber meets the road and, and God would have us to consider these other tenses of life to be a help to us. Let me close reading these verses again. Philippians 3.13 Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind, that's the first part of it. Reaching forth unto those things which are before, that's the second part. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We cannot go wrong with a New Year's focus like this. Amen? We're going to have a time of invitation now. And, and as God would be working on your heart... You, you do business with God tonight, as He would have you to do, whatever it may be. We're going to bow to the Lord in a word of prayer and, and then have a, a, a time for, for you to spend time with the Lord in a special way right after His word. Father God in heaven, we do bow before you tonight. Again, we humble ourselves in your house. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for those things to reflect on and to consider as we continue to press on, that we would not give up through all of these things. Things that we would, we would be tempted to give up over, you want to use them for good. You want to give us wisdom. You want to give us power in those things and encourage us through all things that we might press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you to, that we know you tonight as our Lord and Savior. Father, if there be one in your house tonight who does not know your saving grace, they do not have a personal relationship with you. There is nothing in their lives that has ever truly identified them with being owned by you and your spirit living in them and all their sins forgiven and the amazing change that comes with knowing Jesus Christ. Lord... Uh, 
for those who come up empty of that, may they be filled with your eternal salvation this evening. May they be saved from all their sins. And we love you and praise you tonight for all of these things. In Jesus' name, amen. If everyone could please stand. Page 433.